Welcome back to Sister Ellie Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. Hey guys, this is Allison C. Holt. I am your host, and I am back to talk about a very important subject on today. We are going to talk about inheritance. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about our inheritance. Now, let me tell you a little bit of how the Lord gave me this topic. I was in the spiritual realm, as we can say. I was in between sleep and waking up. And the song, My Daddy, My Daddy by Lawrence Oyer, was in my spirit. It was playing over and over in my spirit. And I don't know if you know the song, but I encourage you to go to YouTube or wherever you get your songs from and to listen to the song. It basically says, My Daddy, My Daddy. Your baby is singing. I'll, I will be singing and dancing and shouting for the rest of eternity. And, and it's only you. Only you. You. Only you are God. Until we meet, it's only you. Your, I am your baby and I will be singing and I will be dancing and I will be shouting for the rest of eternity. And this song was playing over and over in my spirit. And the Lord, we know that the Lord God, our Father, is our Daddy. And this song, you know, came to me prior to receiving the word of inheritance. And after I began to hear this song, I began to hear in an audible voice say, study inheritance study inheritance so I was like okay and you know I began to wake and go about my day but of course it, it was in the back of my mind study inheritance you know now it took me a few days before I began my research on inheritance and when I did it felt like I was hitting a brick wall you know I could not get into the flow and I questioned the Lord. And I say, why inheritance? Because every scripture that I researched and I came across was basically speaking about the same thing. So, me being who I am, I began to leave the research and I started to do something else. But inheritance was, had never left my spirit. And I pray that you are blessed by this word on today actually the beginning of this word now first of all what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the character of god remember he is our daddy father god is our daddy but we want to look at the character of god first of all now many people mischaracterize god as only a god of judgment and a god of righteousness and this is true however he is always or he is also a gracious and a loving God. Now let's look deeper into this. Say for instance the Trinity. The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Meaning the union of three persons in one Godhead. Or the threefold personality of the one supreme being. And... The Trinity has been compartmentalized. Say, let's look at it like this. 
the Holy Spirit is seen as empowerment and knowledge. The Son, who is Jesus Christ, is seen as meekness and love. And the Father, Father God, is seen as judgment and righteousness. And because of the way God has been introduced in society, he has been viewed as an angry God waiting to deal out wrath at the slightest disrespect. However, listen, listen to me. The true assessment of God the Father exhibits mercy towards his people. For example, in the book of Ezekiel, God is reasoning with his people, stating that they would not have to face his judgment if they repented and turned from their evil ways. That, just that simple. That's all that they had to do. And clearly, God is not waiting to pounce on us, on us or pounce on sinners. He is long-suffering and he is patient with us. In Ezekiel 33 and 11, the scripture reads, Say unto them, As surely as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. This is God speaking in Ezekiel 33 and 11. God doesn't take pleasure in, in the death of the wicked. He rather that they turn from their ways and live. We can also go to 2 Peter 3 and 9, which states, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand as slowness. And we can read the King James Version says. As some men count slackness. God is not slight concerning his promises. He is patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. The Holy Scripture testifies. That God loves his creation. Which is us. Regardless of how man view us or, or regardless of man's view god loves his creation and that creation is us now listen let's look at another example god rebuked the prophet jonah we all should know the story about jonah i even testify about the story of jonah how i was like jonah when god called me to do his will and I ran in the other direction I didn't want to do it so God rebuked Jonah for his lack of pity for the city of Nineveh yes we can go to we're gonna to go to Jonah 4 chapter 4 and we're gonna read verses 10 and 11 and we're gonna read this from the message Bible God said what's this how is it that you can change your feelings from pleasure to anger overnight about a mere shade tree that you did nothing to get. You neither planted nor watered it. It grew up one night and died the next night. The next night. So why can't I, this is God talking, so why can't I likewise change what I feel about Nineveh from anger to pleasure? This big city of more than 120,000 childlike people 
who don't yet know right from wrong to say nothing of all the innocent animals. Yes. This is God speaking to Jonah. He's basically saying, how dare you? You How dare you change your mind about the God that came up to give you uh, comfort from the sun. It grew up. It gave you comfort. The next day it died. Just like you changed your attitude or your mindset toward the gourd. How can I not change my mind about Nineveh? I was angry with Nineveh. But now I see pleasure in them. Why? Because they changed their mindset. They repented and they showed me that they wanted to live. God even said that this is a childlike people. They don't even know right from wrong. So how can I not change from anger to pleasure? My God from Zion, that, that, that's powerful right there. God changed his mind. The people are childlike. They don't even know right from wrong. He changed his mind. So therefore, Jonah got rebuked. God um got on Jonah. God chastised Jonah for his lack of pity for the city of Nineveh. Now these are examples of the character of God and how his how he loves us, how he loves his people, how he loves his creation. Now there are many examples that we can look at. Nonetheless, we must not take it for granted that God can and God does punish sin. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 which states, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. We we all have to stand before God. There is a judgment day. And everybody will stand before God to be judged. And what the scripture is telling us. We are going to be judged for the things that we done within our bodies. Whether it's good or whether it is bad. He said each one may receive what is due to him. So if we're doing good, we're going to receive what's due to us because of the good that we do. If we do bad, if we do evil, we are going to receive what is due to us from the evil and the wickedness that we do. We all have to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Also, Romans 6 and 23 states, For the wages, the payment of sin is death but the gift which is the favor of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord therefore if we want to live it is crucial that we walk in righteousness before the Lord yes look even in judgment there is mercy yes it is Abraham pleaded with God not to destroy Sodom if there were 10 righteous people in the city. Now listen. The count started at 50 people. And God agreed. 
But however, God did not find any righteous in that city. So what happened? Brimstone and fire rained down upon Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. Yes. Also, we can look at King Manasseh as another example. He was considered one of the worst kings in the history of Judah. He was extremely wicked and filled Judah with violence and bloodshed. And we can find that in 2 Kings 21 verses 1 through 16. His payment was to his payment was to be taken captive by the Assyrians. Nonetheless, towards the end of his life, Manasseh repented. Listen, one of the worst kings in the history of Judah. The worst, one of the worst of all. But at the end of his life, he repented. And you can find that in 2 Chronicles 33, 12, verses 12 and 13. And what happened when he repented? God heard him. And what did God do? God restored him as the king in Jerusalem. Listen, listen. He was taken captive by the Assyrians, Judah. The whole city was taken captive. The king was taken captive. But when he repented, God restored him to his rightful place or to his place as king in Jerusalem. God did that. Yes, he did. So we're looking at the characteristics of God. You know, people say God is ready to pounce on us at the very little sin that we do. But from my understanding and from my research and from my study here, that is not the God that we serve. He doesn't want us to perish. Listen, these are examples of the character of God. He is faithful and he is just. He is not ready to pounce on us and send us directly to hell. That is not the God that I have come to know. But listen, however, we must not walk around ignorant either. Listen, God chastens those whom he loves. Just like you, the parent, chastise your kids when they do wrong. That is God. Listen, God is our daddy. We talked about it in the very beginning. The song, my daddy, my daddy. Your baby, I am your baby. Your baby is singing. I will be singing and dancing and shouting throughout eternity. You are my daddy. Look at God. Think about God as your daddy. Now, our daddy, he chastens those whom he loves. Sometimes God allows the enemy to come against us, just like he did Job. The devil was given leeway, or is given leeway, and leeway is a degree of freedom or action to try us, to test us, to test the quality 
of our salvation or uh, we say that we love God or we say that we want to live for God or we want to do the things of God, the quality of our goodness, the quality of our character. Uh, the devil is uh, giving leeway to test our value, how we value life, how we value God, how we value the things of God. The devil is giving leeway to test us in our fitness, uh, um, our mindset, uh, our thought process toward God, towards the things of God, towards his word. The devil is giving leeway to test us in our accuracy how accurate are we in when we say i love god how, how accurate is that do you really love god when the devil comes and put his foot on your neck how accurate is the statement i love god how accurate is the statement uh um i resist the devil i submit to god how accurate is that statement how accurate when it comes out of our mouth how accurate is it listen god allows the enemy to come up against us he gives satan the devil leeway to try us that we may be what that we may be refined that we may gain strength if 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 <laughs> if we remain if we fight the good fight, if we don't give up, if we don't get weary in well-doing, what happens? We are refined. We're tested by the fire just like gold and we come out refined that we may gain godly attributes. We may gain godly qualities and that we may remove sin from our lives. God does not want to get us. He wants to teach us valuable lessons from his word. And we can find that in 1 Peter 1, 5 through 9. Listen, listen to me. God does not want to get you. He does not want to. But listen, he, he will. <laughs> Let's not be ignorant. He will get us. But he does not want to get us. He wants to teach us. He allows the enemy to come up against us, to refine us, to, um, to increase strength in us, to increase knowledge in us, to grow us, to enlighten us, to, um, that we may gain strength, that we may gain godly attributes. This is what God wants when he allows the enemy to come up against us and to test us. Now let's look at what the writer states in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 4 through 11. And we're going to go to the God's Word translation. Let's listen to this. You know, you struggle against sin, but your struggles haven't killed you. Listen, you struggle against sin. But your struggles haven't killed you. You have forgotten the encouraging words that God speaks to you as his children. My child, pay attention when the Lord dis disciplines you. Don't give up when he corrects you. The Lord disciplines everyone that he loves. He severely disciplines everyone he accepts as his child didn't we say my daddy my daddy in the beginning 
Listen to what Hebrews says. This is the God's Word translation. Read it for yourself. The Lord disciplines everyone he loves. Then the scripture comes back and says, He severely disciplines everyone he accepts as his child. I don't know about you, but I want to be a child of God because we're going to get down into this inheritance business and we're going to find out what that means for us. I don't know about you, but I want to be a child of God. And the scripture is now telling me that he severely disciplines me. Yes. Why? Because he wants to, uh, he wants me to gain godly attributes. He wants me to gain godly qualities. Listen, we are made in the image of God. We are his children. He created us in his image. So therefore, he wants to see the same qualities that are in him unfold in us. Therefore, he severely disciplines everyone he accepts as his child. The scripture says, endure your discipline. Endure it. Take it like a man. Take it like a woman. Endure your discipline. God corrects you as a father corrects his children. All children are disciplined by their fathers. If you aren't disciplined like the other children, you are not a part of the family. Listen, what the scripture tells us. If you are not disciplined like the others, you are not even a part of the family. Do you really want to be a part of God's family? Sister Alley Cat is asking you a question. Not only you, but myself as well. Do we really want to be a part of God's family? If we want to be a, a part of God's family, then we got to take it like a man. And we got to take it like a woman. Why? Because if we don't, we're not a part of the family. The scripture says on earth, we have fathers who discipline us and we respect them. Shouldn't we place ourselves under the authority of God, the father of spirits, so that we will live? Of course we should. For a short time, our fathers disciplined us as they thought best. They did the best they could. Yet, God disciplines us for our own good so that we can become holy like him. That's why God disciplines us. Remember those godly attributes? Those godly qualities? We don't enjoy being disciplined. Nobody does. I don't know about you, but I didn't enjoy being disciplined by my parents. It always seemed to cause more pain than joy. It all, always seemed to be um, make you down and out or, or, or bring on some depression or just, just getting in trouble didn't feel good, period. It always seems to cause more pain than joy. But later on, now that I'm adult, and I see why or I understand the reason 
behind the discipline. Those who learn from this discipline have peace and calm that comes from doing what is right. Listen, in hindsight, I can see that the discipline that I received as a child was for my good, was for my betterment. It taught me how to live in this world, such a wicked world it is, but it taught me how to be a woman. It taught me how to be an adult. Listen, discipline doesn't feel good. It bring, seems like it caused pain, more pain than joy, but on, later on. And those of us who learn from that discipline, who learn from that correction, we have peace that comes from what is doing right. That's what the scripture is telling us here. See, this passage teaches that the chastening of the Lord is to correct sin. To refine our character and to produce in us patience, obedience, and righteousness. Listen, let's talk about love for a minute. God loves us. Yes, he does. A very familiar scripture, John 3, 16, breathes, For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves us, loved us long before we loved him. Yes, he did. How can I say that? Because the scripture tells me that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for us and that's been over 2,000 years ago that's before uh, we were born that's before we were even conceived in our mother's womb God loved us back then because he foreknew us but we don't want to go there we don't want to get into all of that yes that's a whole nother lesson but listen to what John tells us in 1st John 3 Verses 1 and 2. And we're going to read that from the voice uh, translation. It says, Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true. We are his beloved children. And in the same way the world didn't recognize him, listen, in the same way the world did not recognize him, the world does not recognize us either. When we feel like we are not good enough to be loved by God, we should remember that God's love is greater than our doubts. We must silence the sounds of condemnation let me say that again. We must silence the sounds of condemnation so we can hear the voice of God's loving assurance and remember that he has selected us as part of his family. Silence the voice of condemnation. You know the Bible says the, uh, the weapon of our warfare is not carnal but it's mighty through God to the pulling down 
of imagination casting down imaginations come on we must silence the sounds of condemnation the sounds of condemnation that's the enemy speaking in our ears vain imaginations God doesn't love you God does not want to have anything to do with you look what you did look what you did last night look what you did today look where you are right now look at the, your state of living look at your mindset your thought pattern a one track mind I gotta get this I gotta do that we must silence that silence the sounds of condemnation so that we can hear the voice of God God is saying I wish that no man would perish but all will come to repentance that is what God is saying he's not ready to pounce on you he's not ready to pounce on me and say go straight to hell do not pass go <laughs> no that is not the God that created the heavens and the earth. That is not his character. Remember that he selected us to be a part of his family. We are part of the family of God. Listen. We're going to read on. The scripture says, my beloved one, we have been adopted into God's family. And we are officially his children now. The full picture of our destiny is not yet clear, but we know this much. When Jesus appears, when he comes back, we will be like him. Why? Because we will see him just as he is. You can read this scripture in 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 and verse 2. We have been adopted into God's family. We are officially, we are now his children. When Jesus appears, we're going to be just like him. Why? Because we're going to see him as he is. Despite our sin, despite our rebellion, God loves us. And he will never leave us. Listen, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, clause B says because he has said I will never leave you I will always be by your side because of this promise we may boldly say the Lord is my help I won't be afraid of anything how can anyone harm me yes that's scripture God said he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you until the end. So therefore you can say the Lord is my help. I won't be afraid of anything. Why should I be afraid of you? Afraid? Are you kidding me? Why? Because Abba, God is my daddy. And my daddy does not play about his children. And I also understand that he allows things to happen. He allows the devil <coughs> excuse me 
to come up against me. But why does he allow this to happen? Because he is refining me. He is making me. He wants me to gain godly attributes. This is why. Have you not read Job the first and the second chapter? <coughs> Excuse me. How the devil just pressed himself up into the meeting that was going on in heaven. And God said, Satan, what are you doing here? What have you been doing? I've been walking to and fro all the earth. You know, I've just been hanging out on the earth. Looking basically whom I made devour. And God began to say, this This is Sister Alley Cat's version. God is beginning to say, well, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. Have you considered him? Listen, God is giving Satan someone to attack. He's telling him, uh, my servant over here, Job, you know, ain't nothing you can do with him. Have you thought about him? Because I, I know. I know his character. I know what type of man he is. I know that he loves me with all of his heart. Have you considered Job? My God from Zion. God is chief in command no matter what the enemy does, no matter what the enemy says, no matter how the enemy comes up against you. Always remember that God is chief in command. Satan can't do anything unless God allow. And when he does allow it to happen or to come to pass or to come up against you, God is working a work on the inside of us. He is refining us. He is uh, bringing out those godly attributes that he placed on the inside of us in the beginning. It's already on the inside of us. He's stirring it up so it can come out. So we can be pure like gold. Refined like gold. Get rid of all the trash. Get rid of all the sin. Listen. Hebrews 13 is telling us. That God will never leave us. He will always be by our side. And because of this promise. We can boldly say. The Lord is my help. I won't be afraid of anything. How can anyone. Harm me. And it may sound a little bit arrogant. It may sound a little bit prideful. It may sound whatever word that you want to put in there. But listen, let me tell you, this is the word of God. And God said that we have to be like little children. We have to come before his throne as, as, as little kids. Childlike faith. And my daddy said he was never going to leave me. That he was always going to be with me. He was always going to help me. I'm going to believe it. He's not going to let anybody harm me. I'm going to believe it. It's just that simple. God said it and that settles it. 
My daddy will come to see about me. Listen. Psalms chapter 3 verse 4 states, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with the sound, with the noise. I cried to God. And the Bible tells me, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. So I made a cry unto the Lord. If you make a cry unto the Lord, it does not have to be words. It said, I cried with my voice. My voice is a sound. My voice can be a noise. My voice can be a grunt. My voice can be a whimper. My voice can be any of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Bible says that God hears me out of his holy hill, out of his holy mountain, out of his throne. God hears me. That's what Psalms 3 and 4 states. And guess what? I believe it with every being on the inside of me, every cell in my body. I believe it. Listen, God hears you. His ears are not too heavy that he cannot hear you. His arm is not too short that he cannot save you. We can read in Isaiah 59 and 1. It states, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Listen. God's eyes go to and fro all the earth. God hears and God sees everything about you. About me. Whether it be good, whether it be bad. Listen, he is our daddy. And we need to cry out to him. Let's meditate on that. Let's think about the song that was placed in my spirit prior to hearing the audible voice telling me to study inheritance. My daddy, my daddy, your baby is singing and dancing and shouting for the rest of eternity. Only you, only you are God. Till we meet, it's only you. Only you I love. My darling, my darling, your honey is singing. I will be singing and dancing and shouting for the rest of eternity. My daddy, my daddy, your baby, which is me, is calling on you and I will be singing and dancing and shouting for the rest of eternity. Listen guys, we are just getting into this message. My inheritance. We're going to talk about my inheritance. We're going to talk about inheritance. But we just want to learn the true character of God because many have got it misunderstood who God is the character of God 
my daddy, my daddy, your baby is calling you. So let us meditate on what we have learned so far. The true character of God. And not only that, let us cry out to him. Why? Because Psalms 3 and 4 says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. It didn't say I cried unto the Lord with my words. It said I cried unto the Lord with my voice. What is voice? Voice is sound. Voice is noise. Which includes words. But honey, if you don't have words, or if you don't know what to say, just make a sound. Just make a noise. And present that before the throne of God and listen I guarantee you he heard you I guarantee you he hears you Selah until next time thank you for listening to Sister Alec Tea where we talk about all things church related listen I told you previously that I've been working on some uh, topics for the podcast. And here we go. We are on a roll now. I got several topics that we're going to talk about. And inheritance, my inheritance is the first topic. So get prepared. Get ready to learn as we go forward. We're going to learn this thing together. We are going to see what God has to say together. Listen. Uh, basically we're in another year spiritually so we want to see what God is going to do in this new year and then when we come naturally into 2024 we want to see what God is going to do for us listen I am your host Allison C. Holt we are talking about our inheritance our inheritance in God and I will talk to you soon love you guys